Hey world, we are Citywide Church, creating the largest soul-saving effort ever seen right here in Bridgeport, Connecticut. We want to thank you for tuning in to this week's podcast. We would love to know how our ministry has touched your life. So if you have a couple of minutes, please send us an email at amen at citywidechurch.us. Also, if you would like more information about us or about how to support this ministry financially, you can visit our website at www.citywidechurch.us. Thank you again for listening, and as always, be encouraged and stay blessed. I want to talk to you for the next few weeks about the topic of fear. Any Puerto Ricans in the building? And if you're not Puerto Rican, it's fine. We're not a Puerto Rican church. We just happen to be predominantly Puerto Rican. It's just, you know, all I'm saying is that we got some Dominicans here too. Platanos everywhere. Praise God. All I'm saying, all I'm saying is that when you were a kid in a Puerto Rican household, a traditional Puerto Rican household, you didn't talk to mommy and daddy any old way. Or you're going to meet, you're going to meet the back of their hand. Or the chancla. For those of you who don't know what chancla is, it's a sando. It is the most feared weapon in all of Puerto Rican households. Mommy don't need nothing but a chancla in the eye. And then Puerto Rican parents have this talent. I don't know if other cultures do this. I can only speak to mine. Where they, they are able to give you a threat with a smile. Louis, <laughs> you're embarrassing me here at Bradley's. <laughs> And when we get home, I'm going to kill you, and I'm going to beat you so bad. Looking around, he's so cute, right? I'm going to beat you so bad, you're not going to be able to sit down for a week. You're going to be laying down in the front row in church because you can't sit. That was my reality. And I want to tell you that there's a time to be afraid. And to be fearful in a reverential way, it's a time to understand the enemy of your soul is desiring fear, the terrifying kind of fear to paralyze you. Some of you might have seen on social media, I had a, I had a terrible fear the other day when I had, it's not funny, when I had a nightmare that somebody was going to come shoot me. And in my dream, this is really, you know, in my dream, they're coming up the stairs to shoot me. And in my real life world, my soon-to-be three-year-old is jumping out of bed and her room is across from mine and I hear footsteps and I'm like, they're really coming. <laughs> like, these footsteps were so close, I had no time to warn my wife to call the cops. She was just gonna know from the gunshots it called somebody. <laughs> so I'm jumping out of bed to go fight. I'm in full fight mode. I'm ready to, to kill somebody. And, and, and I'm, I'm, I tripped off the blanket out of my bed. My other daughter, who's in bed, she's rolling towards the edge of the bed. I'm like, do I save the kid from busting her face or do I save the family from death? I'm like, I'm going to save the family from death. And I'm running to the door and at the, the doorknob turns. I'm like, here it goes. It's about to go down. It's about to be popping. I'm ready to fight. And, and, and there's this three foot, two inch thug. And she said, I left my pacifier in my bed. Can you get it? I'm like, you can get it. I can't. Daddy, I can't. And my wife's like, what's going on? I'm like, nothing. She goes, you're sleepwalking. I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm scared to death. My heart is beating. I'm awake. Trust me. 
Your brain is a powerful tool. It can make you fear things that aren't really happening. It can make a friend look like an enemy. It can make a purpose look like pain. It can make a calling look like chaos. That's what fear does. And I want to talk to you today about how to find courage in the midst of discouraging moments in your life. To let you know that fear causes discouragement. And I want to talk to you from 1 Chronicles 28, 20. Just two ver verses we're going to really focus in on one. And, and I'll, I'll, I'll read it and give you some context afterwards. And it says, and David continued and he said, be strong and courageous. Could, could you tell somebody next to you, be strong. Tell the other person you ignored, be courageous. Now, if you got a courageous, you're the least favorite person in that row to that person. I just want, just want to tell you that. Just want to, just want to break that out for you. He says, and do the work. Don't be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord my God is with you. He will not fail you or forsake you. He will see that all the work related to the temple of the Lord is finished correctly. The various divisions of priests and Levites will serve in the temple of God. Others with skills of every kind will volunteer. And the officials and the entire nation are at your command. Come on, let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. For your worship of this time to be able to come together. We thank you, Lord, that you are blessing us and you are shifting us, you are moving us. But now we ask you to open our spiritual ears that you may have your way in Jesus' name. And the church says amen. Fear is something you're going to face at some point in your life, church. Some form or fashion of fear, some idea of fear is going to come into your life. And, and, and there will be times where, where you are paralyzed by the fears that are projecting something that's not real. Fear is something that tells you a story about your future that doesn't include God in the mix. It tries to tell you everything that will happen if God doesn't come through. Fear, by definition, is the unpleasant emotion caused by the belief that something is dangerous or going to cause pain. In other words, fear is rooted in what you do not know. Fear is rooted in the speculation of what we do not know. Fear is rooted in, if I take this job, will I like it? And then will I be able to go back and get my old job back if I don't like this new job? Will I be able to feed my family if I step out in faith the way God has called me to do? Will I be able to work the will of God and do all the things that God has called me to do? And, 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 and we have this idea of, of fear that, that we have to address in our lives and realize that fear is trying to get you to not do what God is trying to get you to do. If you didn't get that, listen to the podcast. You see, in this verse that I just read to you, King David has had an illustrious career as a king. He's been a mighty warrior, and he's instructing his son Solomon, who is young and inexperienced, and he's telling him, he's giving him a public commission saying, Solomon, you have a purpose, and your purpose is to build the temple of the Lord. David has had an incredible reign and he's now positioning his son to take the throne. But the center of this text is on the encouragement from David to his son on this direct command to build up the temple. This is what it's all about, build up the temple. The best thing that Solomon is known for is building this opulent, majestic, over-the-top temple for the Lord God Almighty. And David had desired to build the temple, but God said, you have too much blood on your hands. You can't do it. I want your son Solomon to build this temple. And so David is encouraging him, and he first starts off by saying, be strong and courageous, my son. Don't be afraid or discouraged. 
David understands that Solomon is young, doesn't have experience as a ruler. David is crystal clear on the fact that the task in front of his son is so big and so great that the task in and of itself might make him fearful that he will not be able to do what he's called to do. I told the first service that when I first had my first daughter, I was so afraid that I would not know what to do. The task in front of me at the moment seemed so great, but now I know that God had already equipped me with everything that I needed to be the dad my, child, my, my children needed. You might be facing a different task. I know when God called me to be a pastor of this church, the task was impossible to me. But through the years, God has shown me the provision he already gave me. Whatever he's calling you to do, whatever he's calling you in your area of life, whether it's the basic walk this Christian walk, give me a chance, let me work in your life. I'm calling you, I'm purposing your heart to me. It may seem impossible, but God is with you. You know, at every great transition of your life is a lying spirit of fear. At every great transition of your life is that idea, what if God doesn't? I remember when I was moving into my new house and I, I was about to sign the papers and I was really happy that I was getting the house, but I was like, well, well what if I can't afford a mortgage? Or what if the church, like, falls apart and then I don't have any income? What if this happens? Or what if, like, you know, what if, what if, what if I die and my wife can't afford the house? Does, is my insurance policy big enough? And I'm just thinking about all these things. Because fear has a way of not putting God into the equation of your life. You follow me so far? I want you to know fear today and to know when to find courage in discouragement. And David says to his son, be courageous, be strong, don't be afraid. He understands that the task ahead of him is beyond his ability. and It's undoubtedly going to overwhelm young Solomon. The pressure becoming king is all a big task by itself, but now building this temple is hard. In verse 19 of this text, David says to his son, God has given me every plan for this building. God had given David, through the Spirit of God, the architectural design for this building. All the measurements had been made. David had made all the preparations. He had procured all the provision. And God, through David, had done so much to prepare. And now he's telling Solomon, you got to understand, this is not your plan. It's God's plan. This is not your idea. It's God's idea. I was talking to a friend a number of years ago, and I told him that, that he was telling me rather that God was calling me to do a number of things and throughout this city, throughout, through this church. And, and, and when he said it, I, I said to myself, I didn't want to do that. And it wasn't because it was a bad thing, but I just didn't want to do it. I didn't think that people would receive me in that capacity. And he said to me, I said to him rather, I said, if I say that to people, they're going to think it's pride. He said, but if God called you to do it, it's called purpose. And fear will try to get you not to do what God's called you to do. It'll try and get you to lower yourself in the eyes of others to try to have this sense of humility when God's like, I called you to this. It's not pride or arrogance. It's purpose. God is calling Solomon to this calling in his life. And it was all God's plan. It wasn't Solomon's plan. Your life has a plan. It's not your plan. It's God's plan. You don't have to worry about where it's going to lead you because it's God's plan. The success of God is not vested in you, but the success of you is vested in God. And if you would look and say, God, I'm going to walk your path. It's your plan. You called me to be a Christ follower. You called me to your mercy. You called me through your forgiving grace. You gave that to me. This is your idea. Work it out, God. God, this is your heart. God, you purposed me. You called me. You called me to be a father. 
to two beautiful girls. To some of you, he called you to be a wife to amazing men like me. Hey, baby, praise God. For some of you, he called you to be an entrepreneur. Some of you, he called you to be whatever it is. Whatever it is, God called you. It's his plan for your life. And David not only tells Solomon that it's God's plan, but he preemptively tells him, do not be afraid in the midst of God's plan. This is the same thing Moses said to Joshua when they were transitioning power in the book of Numbers, chapter 29. He says, Joshua, don't be afraid. Take courage. Be strong in the Lord. Joshua chapter 1, Pastor Carmen, in verse 5, the angel of the Lord says to Joshua, be strong and courageous. All throughout scripture, we see this admonition, this, this encouragement, be strong and courageous. The task ahead of you is great, I know it is, but you got to be strong and be courageous. Courage, by definition, is the ability to face something and complete something even though you're afraid. Even in the midst of frightening circumstances. Solomon, I know fear will try to hinder you and paralyze you from what God has called you to do, but do it even if you're afraid. Do it even if you don't know. Trust me in doing it. I know there'll be days you feel like you can't walk the course. I know there'll be days that you feel like God's forgotten you, my son, but you got to remember that you have been called. It's his plan. It's his purpose. He gave it to me for you. And I love this scripture because David identifies both the need for courage and the pointing out that discouragement is also coming. He says, be strong and courageous and don't be discouraged. Don't be discouraged. In this text, Solomon gives three things that, or rather David gives Solomon three things that he should do. Um, if you're new to our church, I preach with three points, praise God. It kind of gives you a cue of when the service is going to end. That's really why I do it, help you out for all you new people that made this fantastic shirt for me. Three point Louis. My name is Louis, praise God. I just want to give Andy a shout out again, praise the Lord. I love you, Andy. He came to me with this, I got something for you. I'm like, what is it? I love it. I love it. Praise God. He gives Solomon three ways to find courage in the midst of discouragement. And here's the first one. And usually I make all my points rhyme and sound great, but I wanted to be really straightforward today and break this out for you. Here's number one. Remember this, that God is with you. That may seem small, but in, in reality, it's, it's huge. You see, you see, Solomon, God is with you. The task in front of you, it's God's. He's with you. The Christian walk before you, church, it's God's. He's with you. The struggle you're facing in your faith, it's God's. He's with you. When you feel alone or the task is too big, it's, it's God's plan and he is with you. But I love, I love, I love, I love what David says to Solomon in verse 20. Don't be afraid to discourage for the Lord God, my God, is with you. You see, he says, my God, because he wants to draw reference to everything that his God has done for him in the past. He's saying, Solomon, it's my God. Solomon, my God, who was with me in the shepherd's field when the lion came and the bear came and he steadied my aim so that I would throw the sling the right way, hit the rock, and the, hit, hit the, the lion with the rock properly. That's my God. That God who helped steady my arms for battle, that God, he's with you. He says, my son, my God. When Samuel came to find me in the field, when I was finding purpose in the mundane, doing just my daily tasks, when all of my family had forgotten me in the field and my father called all of his sons but me because he ain't like me, my God found me right where I was at. There's a lesson to be learned that you need to stay where you're at working the field God gave you. To Samuel's coming to get you if he knows where to find you. God will find you right in the midst of your purpose. He's like, son, if that's, that's the God. 
The God who helped me fight Goliath, the giant who was nine feet tall. The God who helped me become king of all of Israel. The God, that's my God who always provided for me. Jehovah Jireh, my provider. That God, my God is with you. My God, who when I fell with Bathsheba was able to bring me to repentance. My God, when my son Absalom turned his back on me, was able to save my kingdom. My God, he's with you. My God. My God, who was there to fulfill all of my desires. My God, who was with me in the shadow of the valley of death. My God, who, who prepares, a, prepares a table for me in the presence of my enemies. Come on, church. It's, he's like, it's my God who leads me beside still waters. Come on, it's my God. You see, because Solomon had no experience with God. And so sometimes when you have no experience, you got to lean on the experience of somebody else. And he says, it's my God. Every time I face a situation I've never been through, I try to find somebody who's been through it. So they can tell me, my God. <laughs> my God. I would seek out fathers. I would say, Emma, you had a second kid. How did you do it? Because I don't, I don't know if I have enough love for that second kid. It's just going to come. My God. And Solomon is being encouraged by the fact that David is bringing reference to, it's my God, the one who was always there, who never abandoned me. When I was running from Saul and they were trying to kill me, when I was in the cave at Abdullam, it's my God. When everybody turned their back on me, my God was with me. When I had to live in the enemy's territory to find safety for my own brothers, my God was with me. When my brothers were talking bad about me in the camp of Saul, my God. Come on, my God is with me. I look back at my father's life and I look at all the miracles God did for my father. Come on, my God. My God is with me. He says, son, if you're gonna give into the trap of fear, if you wanna find courage in the midst of discouragement, realize that my God, and if he did it for me, he'll do it for you because you're my son and you're in covenant with my God. If you wanna find courage, church, when you're down and out, realize that the God of your forefathers is with you. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that's my God, he's with you. In the midst of your trials and tribulations, he's with you. You don't have to be afraid. Fear will lie to you, but he's with you. I don't know who God's saying today, but he's calling you. He's purposed you. You don't have to spend one more moment listening to the lies of fear, of defeat, of discouragement. But realize and recognize the tongue of the enemy. My God, he's with you. My God. David continued and said, be strong and courageous. Do the work. Don't be afraid to discourage, for the Lord my God is with you. He will not fail you or forsake you. Here's number two. Never forget. He'll never forget you. Never forget. He'll never forget you. Never forget that God will never forget you. Understand that he's always going to be with you. David looks at his son and declares to him, he will not fail you. He will not forsake you. He will not leave you. If you're going to find courage in time to discourage you, realize that he's there with you. He's, he's pressing through the battle with you. He's in the midst of trial with you. He is there, right there. The amplified version of Psalms 46.1 says this, God is our refuge and our strength. He's mighty and impenetrable, a very present and well-proved help in times of trouble. You have to never forget that he will never forget you. God isn't dropping you off somewhere. He's geared up to walk with you. He's pointing, he, David again is pointing to his experience in his own life and how God has been faithful to him and how he will be faithful to his son. Discouragement will tell you that God will abandon you. Discouragement says God won't go through this with 
you. Discouragement and fear says, what if God does not show up? But God says this, I won't leave you. I won't forsake you. He told Joshua this in the middle of a battle. I won't leave you. I'll never forsake you. Jesus told his disciples before he ascended, lo, I am with you always, Matthew 28, 20, even to the ends of the earth. My God, he's always going to be with you. It's a beautiful promise that should strengthen your courage. Knowing that God will be there every moment is an affirmation the church should not soon forget. He's with you always. He's the God that will never leave you, never fail you, never forsake you. You see, but although it's an amazing promise, here's what that promise does not mean. Here's, here's what it doesn't mean. This promise does not mean that everything will be perfect. It just means that when things aren't perfect, you don't have to go through it alone. This promise doesn't mean it won't be difficult. It just means that when it is difficult, you'll have somebody to guide you through when you can't see your way. This promise doesn't mean that you'll never grow tired. It just means that when you do, he'll be so close, he can strengthen you quickly. This promise doesn't mean that you'll never be hurt. It just means that when you do, he's there so close to heal you. This promise doesn't mean that you'll never have to fear. It means that some days you're gonna have to fear his presence with you. You see, you're gonna understand that it does mean that you always will have him near. It does mean that he'll always support you. It does mean that he will never leave you and never forsake you. When I first became a pastor, there was many people who said, I'm here to God. I got your back. Whatever you need. Two months later, they're gone. See, God's not, see, when we think of never leave, never forsake, we always put a person in the reference of that context. People always leave me. People always forsake me. Why is God any different? Why would God be any different then? My father, my earthly father, he left. Why, would, why wouldn't my heavenly father? It's hard sometimes because you have a bad view of a, of a biological father. You can't see a heavenly father right. I'll, I'll, never, I'll never leave you. I'll never fail you. I'll never forsake you. You see, courage will rise and discouragement will fall when you begin to talk to fear and you tell it, no, I have to never forget he would never forget me. He's with me, even to the ends of the earth. Understand that, understand that discouragement can only come where encouragement is currently living. Because by definition, discouragement is the deflation of courage. And if you're feeling discouraged, it's because once there was courage right where you were at. You see, sometimes you can take a step of faith and have one bad setback and discouragement sets in and you're disappointed and you want to retract. And God's like, no, go, go forward. Because I'll never leave you, I'll never fail you, and I won't forsake you. Sometimes you got to just tell, you, tell yourself every morning, maybe you should cut it up with the papers and put it all over your house. He'll never leave me, never forsake me, he'll never fail me. Maybe, maybe you should put that on your mirrors. Every time you look at yourself, you could just encourage it. He would never leave me, never fail me, never forsake me. He won't leave me, he won't fail me, he won't forsake me. He won't leave me, he won't fail me, he won't forsake me. Put it in your car, on your speedometer. Forget how fast you're going. Just remember, he won't leave me. He won't fail me. He won't forget me. Put it on your GPS little window. He won't leave me. He won't fail me. He won't forget me.
forget me. Change it to your Facebook name. He won't leave me. He won't fail me. He won't forget me. Go buy a Snapchat filter. He won't leave me. He won't fail me. He won't forget me. Go get an Instagram hashtag going. He won't leave me. He won't fail me. He won't forget me. Put it for everything. Put it for your dinner picture. He won't leave me. He won't fail me. He won't forget me. In every season of your life, you've got to remember, he won't leave me. He won't forget me. Won't fail me. Won't forsake me. He will always remember me. Always be there for me. Always help me accomplish what I cannot accomplish myself. I need to find courage and discouragement by knowing he won't leave me. He won't fail me. He won't forget me. That's the God you serve. Don't let nothing stop you. Because he hasn't left you. Always remember, he'll never forget you. He won't leave you. He won't fail you. He won't forsake you. David continued and said, be strong and courageous in the Lord. Do the work. Don't be afraid and don't be discouraged. For the Lord God, my God, he is with you. He is with you. And he will see to it that all the work in the temple is completed. He will see to it. You see, David tells his son to be strong and be courageous. And he tells him, he tells him this. You might have missed it earlier. He says, do the work. He says, he says there in verse 20, be strong and courageous and do the work. Tell somebody next to you, do the work. Do the work. You see, in verse 19, David tells him, all the plans God already gave me. All the provision God already laid it out. All the help is already in line. Verse 21 says the Levites are ready. It says, it says the, the magistrates are ready. The officials are ready. It says every, everybody is everybody is ready. Everybody is in line. Everything is in order. Don't be afraid. Don't give in to worry and doubt. Don't be afraid, Solomon. Just everything is prepared for you. Here's point number three. For the visitors, it means I'm almost done. Here, here's, here's point number three. Work his will and not your worries. You got to learn to work the will of God and not the worries of your heart. You gotta learn to get into a place where, where he's telling Solomon here, Solomon, if you wanna find courage in this discouraging season that might come against you, because God, understand you're only being discouraged because God has called you. You're only being discouraged because you have a purpose. You're only being discouraged because all the hell's breaking loose against you. You're only being discouraged because God has appointed you and called you and he's raising you up. You are favored, you have forgiveness. He's only discouraged you because he hates you. The devil hates you. He's mad that he got one chance and you got a bunch of chances. Come on. Work the will of God, not the worries of the heart. You have to learn to work his will. Don't put work into worry. Put work into trusting God. Work his will, not your worries. Work his plan, not what you understand. David makes it plain in verse 20. He continues, be strong and courageous and do the, tell someone next to you, do the work. Remember, remember big, what was that? Uh, 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 the guy from Fantasy Factory, Robin Big. They always back, do work, son. <laughs> and then they would do, do work, son. Walk down the steps, do work, son. You got to have this mentality that no matter what happens, I got to do the work. 
continues and tells him, everybody's in line, everybody's in order, all the Levites, the various divisions of priests, everybody, they're ready to serve in the temple. Others with skills of every kind will volunteer. All the officials, the entire nation is at your command. I want to encourage somebody today to begin to understand the people are in place. Come on, the pieces are in order. The plan has been set. The provision has been given. All you need to do is begin to work the will of God. You have to understand it's God's plan. He'll see to it. It will not fail in your life. It is his idea. It is not your own. It is not dependent upon you to be successful. God will complete it through you, and God will get the glory for it. There is no glory for you in his story. It's all about the Lord God Almighty. nothing for you here you have to start conducting what God is constructing you have to start doing don't sow into your worries because you reap a harvest of unbelief don't sow into foolishness begin to work the field where God has placed you work in the area of ministry he's called you work the will of God work the basic Christian call in your home don't just do it at church work the field he's put you in be the example he's called you to be, church. Come on, it's time to work the will of God. Work the will of God to be a good, godly husband. Work the will of God to be a godly wife. Work the will of God to raise up your children right in the Lord. Work the will of God to seek the lost. Work the will of God to seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. If you would just begin to work the will of God, the holdup isn't in the help God gave it to you. The holdup is in your alignment with his will. It's all done. Don't you get it yet? David said, son, it is all done. All you got to do is conduct what I'm giving you. All you have to do, I gave you all the provision. I've given you the architectural drawings and I've lined up all the help. All you got to do is go work it. All you got to do is go work it. Last week, I was, <laughs> last week we had an evening service because the client wasn't available in the morning. We're just a crazy church. We just have service whenever we can. We're just a bunch of groupies. Two in the morning, we'll be there. It's fine. We can do that. Yes. <laughs> and there were, I had never heard the orchestra before. And, and I went inside and I sat. I didn't even sat. I just stood in the back by the sound booth. And I laughed to myself because the guy who was in the center of the stage was the conductor. And the conductor doesn't play an instrument. He just conducts. Like, everybody else is playing the music, but he's getting all the shine. Like, there's a single light shining from the ceiling onto the conductor. They call it the conductor's light. Because it's for the conductor. And all he's doing is conducting stuff. And that bothered me. Because here are all these people who work so hard to learn how to play a violin. And you got this guy who don't know how to play a violin telling you. That's painful. That's bothersome to me. You learn how to play a cello, and now you got to be told by somebody who can't play a cello when to play. You learn how to play saxophone, but now this guy who don't play nothing is telling you, and his whole job is to keep the tempo. Is somebody getting what I'm, what I'm saying to this? He brought nothing to the table but knew the plan, and... We got a conductor. 
we got a conductor. His name is Steven. Hey, Steven. That's Steven. And apparently he's somebody's boo in the back row. I think that's his wife. I better be his wife. I will slap somebody in this church. Praise God. You better. Bunch of, bunch of, that was his wife. Praise God. Okay. And, and Stephen, he keeps the tempo of the band. You might not hear it, but he's always keeping the tempo. Right now, there's a tempo going. Like, they, they don't just play randomly and hope to be on, on beat. Vinny, could you, could you? There's a tempo. And this is in the ears of the worshipers, the entire worship set. This is their guiding track. And if you would understand this for a second, the computer don't know how to play nothing, but it's telling them how to play it. And God is calling you to just conduct Where you can't hear it. There'll be times where you can't hear it, Vinny. Doesn't mean it's not there. You gotta understand that there is a rhythm and a tempo in your life. Could you could you give me that back? Could you give me that? And you gotta understand that it's not your job to learn how to, you don't have to get the provision. God got it for you. And this, you see, this temple keeps Reuben. Reuben, help me out, Reuben. It keeps Reuben on beat.
scripture calls it in one version the rhythm of grace there's a beat and the funny thing is sometimes you mess up because you might think that this beat is for a fast song it's for a slow song All that's dead inside. All that's dead inside. It's not for a fast song. And you might be, and you're doing the wrong thing on the right rhythm. That's why sometimes you got problems. That's all right though. You get what I'm saying to you? Some of you are thinking, I'm off of it, Pastor. I don't got the beat. I don't got the rhythm. You do, but just take it back a half. Slow it down. All that's dead inside. All that's dead inside. You're telling it. All that's dead inside. Stand up. Stand up. Give me the real beat, Ruben. See? It's not a fast song. You got the right rhythm now. Are you getting what I'm... There's a rhythm for your life. Come on, if you receive it, lift your hands. Come on. God wants to get you into rhythm today. He wants you to get you under the track of purpose. He wants you to get you keep on walking. thank you again for listening to our podcast we hope you've been blessed by this sermon if you would like to share how god may have blessed you through this message please feel free to share your testimony on our facebook page at citywide church and while you're there like our page for daily updates you can also follow us on instagram at citywide church just a reminder if you would like more information about this ministry or how to support us financially please visit our website at www.citywidechurch.us We hope you tune in next week to our podcast. Thank you again. Be encouraged. Stay blessed.